friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are going to be talking about the Hulu adaptation of Akatar. Um, so there is not a lot that we know about the series quite yet. It was announced earlier in August of this or August of 2021. Um, really not like I said, not a lot surrounding it right now. The last time we had heard anything about any adaptations of Akatar was back in 2015. Miss um, Sarah J was supposed to do a movie adaptation. Um, not a lot happened with that. I believe it was with um, Tempo Productions um, that were going to be helming that project. Um, like I said, not a lot of follow-up with it. Everyone was super, super psyched about it. I was really stoked about it. Um, yeah, me too. The cracks. And like she released or she announced that she would be doing that like just a few months after the book had even been published. Mm-hmm. So like that's pretty bold. <laughs> and even in 2018, she actually posted a picture of a script that was supposedly like written for the movie, but uh, no further updates on that. And then in March of 2021, Sarah J. Mass's husband, John, supposedly leaks a picture of her notes entitled Akatar TV Adaptation Notes. And all you can see is like that at the top, the date, and then you just see a line down. It says Ron Moore. And okay, so if you haven't already seen this picture, look it up because what was the focal point of this beautiful Instagram post that just had to be made? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, I have... In my time on Instagram, I have posted a lot of silly things. Like, I'm not coming for him. It's perfectly fine if you want to post a PB&J. But if your wife is, like, working on this, like, really secretive project and, like, she's got her notes on the table, don't you think, like, don't you think you'd notice, it, like, that it's in your shot? Because it's it looks a little bit purposeful to me. I think it was a little bit of a publicity stunt because then Sarah J was like... Type energy. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I do think that she kind of was like, hey, I'm feeling a little embarrassed that the movie never panned out. So like, oh, I called him John. His name's Josh. (laughs) Sorry, I do apologize, Mr. Mess. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like she was thinking the news can't come directly from me because I said there was going to be a movie and then there never was. I get it. You know, any publicity is good publicity. I am really curious to see, you know, how quickly this is actually going to develop, um, what updates we're going to get. The last thing that they posted, if you you guys have never heard of IMDb, go check them out. Um, They did post like a little caption basically saying exactly what the first book is about, a little brief um, introduction to the series. But other than that, we have not really gotten anything else about casting, what the basis of the first season is going to be if it's focusing solely on the first book or if they're going to pull a little bit of like a shadow and bone type series where they're introducing the first book as well as the second set in the series of six of crows duology so I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with that yeah that could be cool if they kind of introduce some other things going on like some of the characters that maybe are like on the continent side of things or you know mm-hmm. like sit what's brewing over there while this is happening in this timeline yeah like how, cool. how are they going to show us a little bit more about like hibern are we going to get a lot Ooh. more about what i think would be cool is if they actually focused a lot more about like the war that happened between yeah. 
the fae and the humans and give us a little more information about that because I mean so far in the book they've they've talked about it they explained it but we don't get a ton of information about it so I think that'd be awesome if they did expand on that like flashbacks from the perspectives of the characters Mm -hmm. that were there that would be cool I would be into that and it would like prolong the series which exactly I would be all for I mean assuming that it's good and I feel like I feel like it will be because we're going to talk about a little bit uh, some of the stuff that Ron Moore has done yeah okay so at one point IMDb had said that filming already began in October of 2021 Mm -hmm. did it really I don't know it could have been an accident I don't know because I tried to look it up myself and I didn't actually see it posted on there, but I could mm-hmm. just be looking in the wrong spot. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. But so, it's for sure, like, it's been talked about by the president of Hulu Originals in January of 22. So just this month, he was talking about the series and that Ron is, he says, truly one of the visionaries of that genre. Yeah, no, and Ron Moore is awesome. He is um, the producer of the Outlander series. He adapted that book series into the really popular TV show. I unfortunately have never had the chance to sit and watch like a bunch of the episodes, but from what I have seen, it is outstanding. It has received excellent reviews from the folks who did follow the book series as well. So I'm super, super excited that he's going to be the one who is adapting this one into a TV series, just because there are a lot of small details. There's a lot of information that I think could be looked over and, you know, maybe not interpreted the correct way. And so, you know, just looking at the success with Outlander, I think he'll be perfect. Yeah, that does give me a lot of hope. And I haven't seen any of Outlander. I haven't seen a single clip, which apparently I need to get on because like you were saying, everyone loves it. But I really like as someone who just is super into this book series, I do not want to watch the show and just be super let down. Well, on top of that, I'm excited that they are doing a TV series rather than a a movie because same thing with the movies, like so much has to get cut out of it just to fit within normal, you know, time standards. So with the TV show, they can do whatever they want to with it. Yeah, they can extend that out. They can do multiple seasons per book content. They could be really interesting. Another thing that everyone has kind of, I think, commended Ron Moore with Outlander cast is that the cast is really well done. I don't really know if he has a hand in casting. Um, I know that, I don't know, I use Shadow and Bone as an example quite a bit because I do follow Lee Bardugo on Instagram. Um, in her case, she and the producer were both very involved in the casting and the author herself had a lot to say about like who was put into different roles. Um, so I think Sarah J. Mass will actually have, you know, kind of the last say in like who they are casting for these different parts in addition to Ron Moore. That could be really good news because it's hard. It's hard to come up with the right people. Yeah. Like for what you have, you know, um, the preconceived notions of what these characters should look like. It's really hard. And we're going to share with you the fan casts that we've put together. So hard that we tried to take a crack at it. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was very difficult, but okay. So I think we could just kind of jump right into that Mm -hmm. because Tabby and I have prepared 
PowerPoint <laughs> presentations. Uh, well, actually, technically, it's Google Slides presentations. Hold on. Um, <laughs> And we have not seen each other's fan castings either. So yeah, uh, this will be the first time for both of us as well as you viewers and listeners out there. Super, super excited to go over these. I'm really interested to see um, who we're choosing, especially for some of those harder characters like Ray Sand and Amarantha, who are, you know, very, very powerful characters in the endings of the first book. So I mean, I tried my best, but I know there are some characters that I might not have done justice. Another thing that we want to hear from you guys is if you have any opinions about who should be like cast in the show. Yeah. And also, so later on, because we haven't talked about any of the other novels yet at this point, but later on, we will be adding on to our fan cast some characters that show up in the later novels. So feel free to send in ideas that you have for those as well. But we'll go ahead and get started. I uh, <laughs> I feel like the need to defend myself with every single one of these. Yeah, I haven't been to bat for some of these characters and really explain my vision for them. And also, yeah. if you are um, listening in with us today, if you want to go check out our um, fan cast that we've created, it'll also be on our YouTube channel as well. So make sure that yes. you pop on by there. Yeah, we'll try and uh, like give a good description of like what characters these actors and actresses have played already, just so that you can, you know, who we're talking about if you're just listening. But yeah, if you'd rather watch, totally go check that out. So we're going to kick things off with Feyre. And I I do have to say just <laughs> this was the most difficult one for me. <laughs> I'm still not a hundred percent sold, but that like the easiest one for me. See, and so I'm so excited to see your Feyre. Um I'll probably like yours better since you're so confident. But okay, so Feyre. I have fan cast Kiernan Shipka. Mm-hmm. Kiernan Shipka, she plays Catherine in the Black Coat's daughter. And Sabrina in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, if you've seen either of those. She is age 22, and Feyre is meant to be age 19, so that shouldn't be, like, a concern. (laughs) And I've, like, just clipped a little, like, snippet of golden brown hair on the girl. (laughs) It's hard to imagine that. I Okay, so, (laughs) yes, it is hard to imagine that. And as someone who has aphantasia, um, (laughs) this was... (laughs) really difficult for me for those of you who don't know aphantasia is it means that you can't form images in your mind um like when I close my eyes I cannot like see actual images I can see images when I'm dreaming um just not when I'm conscious but there's actually a scale and so Tabby kind of falls on that scale a little bit too she's not like a true aphantasia but there's a scale you should look it up it's uh involving like you close your eyes to try to picture a red apple and then depending on how detailed the apple is like you can see where you fall and mine get lets me have like just kind of a vague outline of what these people look like um so I can kind of piece it together a little bit it's gotten to the point where I just like create stock images in my head for yeah <laughs> different characters I use the same man generic man book, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so for me like it really helps when people create fan art 
Um, and so actually on some of my slides, I have included people's fan art as well. If I could, so, I would create fan art for every single book I've ever read. Yeah, I'm not able to draw or paint or anything. <laughs> um, and I can't even picture people in my head. So right. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of just have to rely on other people's adaptations and just go off of a gut feeling whether or not that feels right to me. Um, all of this to say, this was a very hard challenge for Tabby and I. I do think that Kiernan would do a great job. She's a very talented actress. However, I'm not completely like 100% sold on her in the role if somebody has a better actress to portray Feyre, I would probably like, I would be like, yeah, that's a better actress for this I think role. she'd also be a really good Elaine. She, I could see her as an Elaine. I've never really seen her play someone who has the same like personality type yeah. as Elaine's character, but I, that doesn't mean she can't do it. I mean, she's very talented. Anyway, that's, I don't have much of a defense for this one. Like I said, it's one <laughs> of the ones I was least confident about. So that brings us to Elaine. I have fan cast Elle Fanning as Elaine. And she, for those of you who have seen Maleficent, she plays Princess Aurora. She also plays Violet and All the Bright Places, but I actually haven't seen that movie. I just remember seeing previews for it. But she is, again, another very talented actress. I think that goes without saying for all the people that we've put in here. But I, I just, I look at her and I... I see Elaine. She has like a very ethereal, like otherworld beauty, which they kind of like, that's how they describe Elaine in the books anyway. Like she's just yeah. like more gorgeous than like your typical run of the mill person. Yeah. So very gorgeous. Obviously she also has something about her like expressions that she makes just looks a little bit spacey like she can yeah. kind of play like a really like spacey type of emotion that not everyone can she can kind of have like a little bit of a uh, a vacancy to her right and, well I mean it's a talent it's the best way possible yeah that way in real life um but <laughs> I very much imagine Elaine as being like like in her own world like a little yeah. bit of a space case First, uh, I very best it. space cadet Elaine. <laughs> That's her. Space cadet Elaine for Nesta. I am confident about this one. You can't convince me I'm wrong on this one. Florence Pugh. <laughs> I also had Florence Pugh, but mine was for Elaine. Oh, uh, well, you know what? She's so talented. She can do it all. But I think she would be an excellent Nesta. So Florence Pugh plays Danny in Midsummer, a very creepy movie. And she plays Amy in Little Women, the 2019 adaptation. She is 25. So again, the age range is about right. And oh, Elle Fanning, I think, was in her early 20s. Yeah, age 23. So Florence, she's just got that really like intense I eyebrow combination that I just I know Nesta would have like Nesta would have very piercing eyes and I think Florence really nails that she also can do a heck of a of a frown um and I feel like Nesta would be frowning (laughs) a lot our poor little Nesta she's just always uptight again you can't convince me I'm wrong um until maybe you will I don't know we'll see for Mr. Archeron, Ooh. Ralph Fiennes 
Oh yeah, he's a good-looking guy. He played Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies, and Eamon Goeth in Schindler's List, which uh, is, I mean, quite a serious movie. So he could really nail that whole like <laughs> horrible, depressing vibe that he needs to give off at the beginning of the series. Uh, he is age fifty-nine, so I feel like that age is probably pretty spot on for Mr. Archeron. He'd probably be in his late 40s to 50s. I don't really know. It doesn't really say how old he is, but mm-hmm. I kind of just go off of the fact that he's crippled. I like pictured an <laughs> older guy. Well, not literally pictured because as you all know now, I can't <laughs> picture in my mind, but I could see him doing kind of the, um, the Mr. Archeron from the first novel for sure. It is a little hard for me to picture him like toward the end of the series, but that's Mm -hmm. not to say that he couldn't do it. It's just that I haven't seen him do anything similar to that. Um, I have a hard time imagining people doing things that I haven't seen them do. So I don't really have that uh, visionary skill. Tamlin, Sam Hugan. So I have not seen Outlander, but as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, everyone loves it. They say the casting's great and he plays Jamie. So for those of you who are looking at the presentation, this man is 41 years old. Are you shocked? Yeah, um, I thought he was like in his 30s for sure. (laughs) Yeah, he is aging very well. Go ahead and look him up if you've you've not seen a picture. Um, Fine specimen. He's a very good looking guy. Tamlin is a good looking guy. Like he's got, uh, I think Tamlin Farah calls him like ruggedly handsome. Mm. I would say that applies to this man. Tamlin is described as having tan skin and long blonde hair. So I imagine more of the the longer hair look that's going on here in the, the left photo. I like him a lot for that role um, just because Tamlin is described to be more of like a warrior prince type role mm-hmm. and he is definitely giving off those vibes like he is not classically beautiful um, he does just like have a almost like a domineering presence though absolutely is. yeah and when that's why like when Farah says ruggedly handsome it's like yeah. you know it's very specifically like this man's good looking, but he's not, he's not Not supermodel beauty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like Tamlin wouldn't really have facial hair. I don't picture any Um, of the high fae with facial hair. I don't know if they can grow facial hair. (laughs) I don't know. But in my mind, again, not literally, I can't literally picture it, but I don't imagine that the high fae males have facial hair. I don't know why. That's just Mm kind of how how I'm understanding it but yeah I feel like he would have the long hair and a clean shaven face yeah Lucian for Lucian I have fan cast Andrew Garfield so Andrew Garfield is in he is a Spider-Man and he plays Jonathan Larson in Tick Tick Boom which is a relatively new movie um it's good you should watch it he to me he just looks cunning like I don't know like what it is it's something in his eyes that just like is expressive in the way that I think Lucian would be 
I think that he, and I've included a picture of him with longer hair. I think he'd have like the shoulder length hair going on and it would be red, of course. But it has reddish hair. Yeah, it is kind of like a reddish brown, but I think it would be more red. Maybe like wine red. Yeah, that would look, yeah, because it's autumn court. So it would be a very like warm, rich red, I think. You're right. Little mermaid type red. Yeah. So Lucian, the Little Mermaid. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is a great actor. I think he could definitely play the role really well. And he can also kind of play someone really funny and uh, witty, as you'll see in like some of the stuff he's in. I think that's a lot of the reason why Farah and him even get so close in the first novel is because his sense of humor, he's like, when he's cracking jokes with Feyre, she's like, oh, that means that he's comfortable enough to, like, call me on stuff. Like, right. she likes it. She likes the banter. She's like, this is a cool guy. He's going to be my pal. So I think he could play that really well. I can't remember who's going to be next. So here we go. Oh, <laughs> Alice. Oh. <laughs> I had the hardest time, like, besides Feyre, I had the hardest time with Alice. But I think... I think she would be a good one. So Amelia Clark, uh, probably most commonly known for her role in Game of Thrones. She plays Daenerys Targaryen. She also plays Louisa in Me Before You, which is Such like a, good a movie. romance movie. I haven't seen so it. So sad. Oh, yeah, I'll have to watch it. Originally, I wanted to pick an older woman for the mm-hmm. role of Alice, but she just, she wouldn't be old in appearance because she's immortal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so she just like I had to I had to readjust because I had someone else that I was like completely sold on, but we had to just kind of scrap that. I do think Amelia Clark would be an amazing person for this role. She is really good at playing like kind of a diplomatic yeah. woman who she's kind of no nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I think that Alice would be very much like slap the silliness out of you uh this but... has like a motherly like I don't know like attraction like she she comes off as motherly to me I could see it she's got like a really soft face and like soft eyes a lot different than the facial structure of like Florence Pugh who just looks like more intense yeah um so I just think that there's a lot in people's natural like face shape and facial features that kind of fits them better into certain roles. But I agree with you. She does look very motherly and like inviting as a person. <laughs> I have no idea if she is, but she looks like it. Okay. I have a double Amazing. cast. <laughs> I have a double cast to the Surreal and the Ator. Bill Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. Who I've chosen. So he plays Pennywise in the It movies, and he plays Willard, who's like Tom Holland's dad in The Devil All the Time, which is a good movie, but it's long. <laughs> this man, he can turn on the creepy factor, as we've all seen. I've included this horrifying shot of him um, doing like the creepy eye thing that Pennywise does. But he also is just like, he's funny. Like he brings a charisma to his horrifying villain. And I think the surreal would Loki be funny. Be a tour too. I think they would be funny. They would be like, I love being evil. You know? 
I would risk it all for Bill Skarsgård. Like in a heartbeat, <laughs> the chokehold that man has on me, I am obsessed with him. I was I... just not him earlier today. <laughs> I do. I really like his work. I don't know if I'm quite in that same. I love him. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know what? Like, if if it were up to you, then he would be fixed. Yeah, that's so much better than mine. Check. Here's one that we we like can agree on. Um, but I'm excited to see who you put. It e- as well. Yes, Bill. <laughs> so yeah, sold on it. We're sold. You're not allowed to disagree with this one because we both agreed. So everyone else is wrong. Our word is law. Ooh. Amarantha. Okay. So Amarantha <laughs> was also a hard one for me. I think a lot of people could play a good Amarantha. Mm-hmm. I have kind of gone a little bit of of a direction that I feel like not a lot of people would just because I've chosen someone fairly young, but I chose Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Beth Harmon in The Queen's Gambit and Gina in Peaky Blinders. So she is only 25 years old. However, she has such a like uniqueness to her beauty. I think it makes her look uh, more mature in like a an old Hollywood kind of way not like she looks old because she doesn't but I think she looks very refined and regal and I think Amarantha would as well she was very much a charismatic and cunning woman um also evil (laughs) but they didn't know that at first they were like yeah we trust this lady She's described as lovely with red gold hair and snow white skin. So I, again, put a a nice little clip of red hair on there. She's definitely, I don't think someone that a lot of people would cast as Amarantha, but I think she would do a really good job. Um, something about like Amarantha too that is like Farrah always talked about like how hard she thought it would be to like paint her because she does have just like this like otherworldly sense to her and I feel like Anya Taylor-Joy definitely also yes I agree and it's like she Farrah said something about her being like she's not beautiful but but not yeah she's like she's not as devastatingly beautiful as I had thought but it's because like she has like such a uniqueness that our brains like kind of register it as being like different um but it really translates to how amaranth is described so okay so next we have resand i've chosen richard madden who plays rob stark in the game of thrones series He is age 35, so, you know, young man um, in his prime. He is, so Reese, as a character, has short black hair, uh, pale skin under the mountain, but he becomes tanner, like, Mm -hmm. once they leave under the mountain, and then blue eyes that appear violet. I'm not sure if they're actually going to, like, do contacts or anything. I think they should. Uh, I love it. That's a huge part of him. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I've included some fan art on this slide. Okay, so Richard, I think he would make a really great Reese. He, first of all, great actor. Again, all these people are. But he has a a build that makes sense to me for Reese. I know Reese is muscular, but he's not going to be bulky like Tamlin. 
um, or like Cassian or those characters. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess some of you haven't been introduced to those characters yet, but he's going to be like muscular, but like not like ripped. And so he's I think that his lean muscle. Yeah. Like a real lean guy. I think again, he would be clean shaven just because I think all of the high females would be for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me, but um, yeah, just the, he's got like a really like classic handsomeness to him that I think Reese would have because when Feyre sees him, she's like right away, this man's gorgeous. So it makes sense to me. I think he's got the talent for it. Mm-hmm. Like I would not be disappointed if this happened. He has the most beautiful like Irish accent as well, um, which I don't know. Accents are always weird for me when I'm reading. Um, but whenever I read it, like I did picture all of them having like more of a European type accent, especially for Reese and Cass and Azriel. They did have more of like a rugged, like Irish. Well, actually, I don't know. Reese and his was probably a little more refined, but like for the other two, it was definitely more of like a like Scottish, Irish type accent. I could definitely see that. And you even mentioned like the series was kind of loosely, like the setting was loosely based on like the UK. So yes. I actually like whenever I read I don't do accents ever so oh, I have to oh, they just all like they sound like me I don't know that's so know. weird to me something's wrong with me I think <laughs> I also can't picture things in my brain so. yeah no every single one of the characters I have like they they have their own specific voice oh, I love that for you it's like <laughs> It's so much more exciting than what goes on up here. Yeah. But I do, I love audiobooks for that reason because of the voice acting. I think that makes it a little fun. Yeah. Okay. Noella and Caridwin, I've only selected one actress because I think like she could, I don't know. I don't know. Would they be like wanting to cast like real identical twins or are they just going to like parent trap the situation? But- I actually didn't do these two. Oh, okay. Well, you'll have to let me know if you like. Yeah. By the end, if you have anyone that you would picture as them. But I've chosen Anya Shalatra. I might have said her name wrong. Shalatra, Kalatra. She plays Yennefer in The Witcher. She is so good. (laughs) So good. I I love her and like I want to see her in more stuff I need to look up what else she's in and just watch it for the sake of her like she's amazing she's gorgeous she reminds me of a lot of the fan art that has been created of uh Noella and Caridwin and I've included uh some fan art in my powerpoint as well she just has that like dark hair and a deeper complexion that the the twins like are depicted as having in a lot of fan art I don't know if Sarah J Mass has ever written that about them but they at least I know they have dark hair yeah she doesn't like I don't know because like I always kind of picture them as being like partially like translucent they have like different forms because Thera, like, whenever they come into her cell under the mountain, they're, like, she can barely discern their features because they are transparent. But then, and again, like, some of you haven't started the second book yet, but I have, and 
so I will say they come, they're in the second book as well, and they're in a different form. They're like in their solid form. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. they would still have a little bit of a translucence to them, kind of like how the High Lords have a little bit of power like emanating off of them. Well, maybe like the they shadows. were stuck in that form too while they were under the mountain. They could be. I think they were even says that it's like, I don't know if they were like choosing to be that way or... <laughs> But yeah, Anya, I think she would do this role justice or yep. roles, <laughs> plural. That is everyone that I cast for the first season. Again, we're going to cast some more characters later on, but I'm excited to see how it differs from what yeah. Tabby has done. Let me... I do also have to say, like while you're pulling that up, mm-hmm. it was really hard for me not to choose Danny DeVito for any of these roles. Danny DeVito was my number one choice for Farrah's dad. For Farrah's dad, for the Ator, for the Surreal. Like, my man, Danny DeVito, there is nothing he cannot do. Danny DeVito, I am your biggest fan. Number one fan. I have a small shrine dedicated to you (laughs) in my bedroom. All right. Oh my God, I love her. Yeah, same. Um, So... Alicia Debnam Carey is my top pick for Feyre. She is amazing. If you all have never seen her before, um, she is known for her roles as Lexa in The 100 and as Alicia Clark in Fear the Walking Dead. I chose her as Feyre because I have seen her do both. She has, you know, been like this awesome, like warrior queen. She is freaking fierce. She's amazing. But I've also seen her when she looks like a, a peasant, when she's in Fear the Walking Dead, <laughs> you know, she's doing like doomsday type shit. Um, no, you're right. You're so absolutely I do right. I think she could crush it either <laughs> way. And so she's my top pick. She has the right, um, like hair coloring, obviously contacts can fix it, whatever. But I think she's like the perfect age for the role. And like, she's just a phenomenal actress anyway. Um, I also, that is a great one. So Sophie Turner is my pick for Nesta. Um, I went kind of back and forth on Sophie Turner. Um, so she is known for her roles as Sansa Stark in Game of Thrones and Jean Grey in the X-Men series. Um, I chose her for Nesta because she played a, being a bitch so well. In <laughs> and that is, Nesta is not my favorite character out of any of the books. I am upfront about that. Um And I think she would play that type of role so well. She can be so cold. She can be very cut off. But I think she's also very good at portraying her emotions or keeping them in check as well. Um, So that is why I chose her for Nesta. She Um, would be a good Nesta. Right. Very. I would not be mad at that stately and like just mm-hmm. has like she, the, the the air she holds around her. I don't know. It just very much matches what I imagine Nesta to be. Absolutely. Um, for Elaine, I actually chose Florence Pugh. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so I did this because I was actually thinking ahead to <laughs> different books. Um, I mm-hmm. like Florence because she is also very good at like controlling her facial expressions. Um, so with Elaine, obviously she is supposed to be, you know, like you said, more of that ditzy kind of airheaded type person. However, I don't think she'll stay like that forever. Um, And I think Florence would do a very good job at, you know, kind of growing with that character. Um, 
long theory. We'll get to it later. I do think Elaine is evil and we'll discuss <laughs> in later episodes. Um, but Florence is like my go-to pick for that because she does have just like a very like sweet but beautiful face. Um, yeah. but I do think she could she could play she like can do movie. it she can do it all I like this and like because obviously I cast Florence Pugh as well so I like this idea of having her be Elaine because of what you're saying like occurs in later later stuff because I didn't even consider that to be quite right. honest yeah and I think all three of them together like they all just match each other very well they look kind of similar without being exactly mm-hmm. the same because like they all shared their mother's features but right. they all had their own differences as well yeah. um so Farrah's father I chose Liam Cunningham he is known as his role um as Davros or sorry Davos in um Game of Thrones I love him. I chose, I chose Liam because I think he would do really well, you know, portraying this broken man at the, in the first couple episodes, as we get farther into the book, her dad does take on kind of a different role as well. And whenever I picture him in the later books, this is how I picture him. He is, you know, very much a leader and he, um, again, has like this authoritative air about him which would come in handy if you've seen game of thrones and you know he helps Jon snow lead like a bunch of different stuff like during the war and whatever and he was phenomenal in that role yeah also, i mean he's no danny devito phenomenal. he's no danny devito but he will do we have to settle <laughs> i think um so for oh. tamlin i also chose sam hugan for his role as jamie fraser in outlander Part of the reason why I chose him as Tamlin was because he's actually already worked with Ron Moore, obviously, um, in Outlander. So they already have that relationship built, that rapport established. Um, On top of that, for the other reasons that we've already discussed, he is not classically beautiful, but he does have a very attractive face, a very rugged handsomeness. And um, I think that would do really well in the role of Tamlin. He also is just a really great actor. And like he like Tamlin um he can you know be very abrasive very rude but also have that very tender and soft-hearted side of him as well and you do get to see that in a couple episodes of Outlander so I think that'll switch over super well um so for Lucian I chose Daniel Sharman um he is known for his roles as Isaac Leahy in Teen Wolf and then Lorenzo de Medici in the Medici's So I love him because I think he actually does have like a very fox-like feature to him. Um, Just the chiseled jawbones and like the pointed features that really stands out to me as Lucian. Um, But on top of that, he also in some of his other roles is just a very quick-witted kind of dry sense of humor type guy. Um, And that is how I envision Lucian to be. That's kind of how he is in um, Teen Wolf when he is portraying Isaac Leahy. He is just kind of like this asshole type kid who um, just kind of smarts off and he he means well, but he can also be kind of a dick. Um, so I think he would do really, really well in the role of Lucian. Um, obviously, agree. we'd have to change a little bit about like his hair color, whatever, but. Oh, that's an easy fix though. Yeah, it's fixable. I, I think I like him better as Lucian than my pick, to be honest. Nothing wrong. I love Andrew Garfield. Yeah, but I mean, this, I, I hadn't even considered Daniel Charman. I think he could have like a very cold appearance if he needed to, which is how Lucian was, you know, when Favor first met him, but also under the mountain. 
And then later on, like in other mm -hmm. novels, like they'll have to kind of, you know, portray that again too in certain right. parts. So um, so for Resand, I well, y'all, let me tell you. I had the worst freaking time trying to pick the perfect resand. Um, I'm still not happy with it. I'm still not pleased with my pick, but it was it was between freaking Henry Cavill, which I think is everybody's top pick. He would it's everybody's top pick, but it's wrong. He would do fantastic, honestly. He would do well, but it's just not right. It's just not right. It's not right. And like, don't get me wrong, he's an amazing actor and a gorgeous man, but Henry Cavill is not resand. Like he's not you resand. cannot convince me that he is. I cannot no look at Henry sand. Cavill's teeth for more than two seconds before I want <laughs> to jump off the cliff. <laughs> Maybe he could be a Cassian. <laughs> no, I don't want him anywhere near this series. I don't want him <laughs> All right. this series. Henry Cavill, you're blacklisted from Akatar. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no. but it's up to us and we've decided. Yes. I chose Tyler Hoechlin, um, who is known for his role as Derek Hill. Again, in Teen Wolf, if you don't know, <laughs> I'm I loved Teen Wolf. Um, it's such a trashy show, but it's so amazing. He also plays the role of Clark Kent and Superman and Superman and Lois and Supergirl. I chose him, honestly, strictly based off of features. So very tall, dark hair, kind of chiseled. My bone to pick with this man is that he <laughs> is American. <laughs> he does not have an accent of any any sort. Um, I'm not okay, sure how well his voice would like match with what I imagine Resands to be. I do think physically he kind of fits the role, but I'm honestly hoping, praying that Sarah J. Mass does kind of what they did with Shadow and Bone, and they choose not as well-known actors. They find somebody who, you know, actually matches exactly what Resand is. Um, I would love that. Can, yeah, you can pick any tall, dark, handsome man off the street, but, like, <laughs> he has to be able to act. He needs to be able to have, like, these very expansive, like, emotions and be able to, you know, kind of switch back and forth between the High Lord and Thayer's friend. Because the hardest part for sure, like in fan casting, and I'm sure in real life casting as well, like you're saying, like we could pick someone who is just the most gorgeous supermodel of a man mm -hmm. who looks exactly like you picture for Resand. But if he can't act, like what are you going to do with him? Just right. submit a PowerPoint? Like I want this man to encompass everything that Resand's character is. I want him to be witty and clever and snarky and sarcastic. Yes. And I want him to be so like fun. So that's really more important to me than how he looks, to be honest. And that's I would love him to be gorgeous. That's not what Tyler Hawkland is. And it's fine. That's yeah. not a hill I'm willing to die on. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, so for Amarantha, I actually chose Daisy Head. Um, so she played Jenya Safin in Shadow and Bone, and she also played Alexia in Underworld Blood Wars. So she is kind of a weird pick for Amarantha, and I chose her this way on purpose. Um, she has a very interesting shaped face. I'm not going to lie. It is just very different. Um, but I also think she kind of has like that crazy look in her eye that is <laughs> just like a slightly unstable, slightly unsettled, um, yeah. which Jenya had that too in Shadow and Bone. But we also know in some of her past roles that she can play just 
cold hearted bitch as well. So I think she would be a fantastic choice for Amarantha. I think the age is right. I, whenever I picture Amarantha, I don't know. I, I kind of thought her to be maybe like late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not like classically beautiful, but striking. Um, yeah. And I, I do think Daisy would be a good fit for that. I do agree with you. I could totally see that. So for this cereal, <laughs> I chose Benedict Cumberbatch mostly because I, you know, I really like him as an actor, but I also love his voice acting. He played Smog in um, the Hobbit series, but he's also known for his roles as Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock and Doctor Strange in the um, MCU. I chose him because he does have just a very interesting wit to him. So he, again, has like a very dry sense of humor, dry comedy, um, which is kind of what I pictured with the cereal, but also is able to do you know a very creepy very like striking type voice um Mm -hmm. he's also got height on his side so I picture the cereal to be like seven feet tall um (laughs) and so I I do think Benedict Cumberbatch would be a fantastic choice for that both for the voice and for the actual portrayal of the cereal hear me out Benedict Cumberbatch as the cereal Bill Bill Skarsgård for the tour yeah I, I dig that for sure um for Alice I chose Natalie Emmanuel I almost um, chose her no I thought it was really funny that you chose Amelia Clark because I was between um, the two <laughs> um Natalie is call. known for her role as Missande in Game of Thrones and she is Amelia Clark's counterpart in that series yeah. um I chose her because as her role in Missande she definitely has like kind of a calmer demeanor but she does eventually come out of her shell and you can see kind of that bite to her um, which is what I picture with Alice she knows her role but she's not afraid to speak out if she needs to and I also like just how gorgeous would she look with like the wood skin oh yeah I mean she's a queen lady yeah yeah just absolutely gorgeous um so I think she would be a fantastic Alice I almost picked her and I I mean, I could see either, either lady portraying that role, but I think I'm with you now. You sold me. We love Natalie. So for the tour, I chose Andy Serkis, um, strictly for his voice acting. Um, he is, I think is best known for his role as Gollum in Lord of the Rings, his, vo- uh, his vocal role as Gollum. Um, he's also the voice actor for Caesar in Planet of the Apes. The Ator obviously is going to have to be like a CGI character. So I do think having Andy voice this would be perfect. He is just top notch when it comes to you know changing the way his voice sounds changing you know who he needs to be and he's played a similar role to this before so I think he'd be a good fit yeah that's who I have yeah I guess I'm super excited to see what they do end up choosing for the cast themselves um I, I think I'll like it either way but you know the the actors they do choose for the series does play a huge role in how well I am able to pay attention to it how well I can sell myself on the story so I'm really hoping they take some notes from Shadow and Bone and do some, some lesser known people. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think shows get hung up on trying to get like big names in there to like draw people in. But that's just like if it's not the right person for the role, it's not right. worth that. I think some lesser known actors could be a good play. 
Okay, so that wraps up today's mini-sode about the TV series adaptation of Akatar. Next week, we will be covering A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Mass. So that is the second installment in the Akatar series. And um, my favorite of all the books, actually. Same. So I'm, oh yeah, I'm so excited to talk about that one. Buckle up, that episode might be even longer than the first. <laughs> Got a lot to say, lots to unpack in that episode. And definitely um, email us again with any of the theories that you had from the first episode going over just the Akatar book, the very first one in the series. Um, we would love to hear what you guys have to think about it. If you have anything you want us to add, um, if you have already read A Court of Mist and Fury, send us in, you know, thoughts and questions that you have about this series as well, stuff that we can address in the episode. And um, we are going to continue on through the rest of the series. So even, you know, looking forward to the next few in the book. We, we just want to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, but again, thank you for joining us today for our very first mini-sode of this podcast. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.